This is the Triad Podcast Network. Reagan Sam Pendleton became the first offensive lineman to commit to Notre Dame's 2023 class. The Pofftown native becomes the 10th pledge of the Fighting Irish class, and in doing so, sheds a massive weight off his shoulders ahead of finishing up his junior year of high school. Notre Dame hadn't always been in the fold, at least not formally, but funny how life works sometimes, right? After weighing more than two dozen offers from around the country, a certain Notre Dame staffer, a beloved and longtime offensive line guru, made contact with Pendleton. Harry Heastand has 38 years of offensive line coaching experience, 31 seasons at the FBS or NFL level. Entering his second stint and seventh overall year at Notre Dame in 2022, Heastand and Notre Dame changed the game for Pendleton, providing him over the last couple of months an option, a lifestyle, and a purpose in South Bend that no other school could compete with. A rivals four-star, the 238th rated recruit for the class of 2023 in North Carolina, 21st best offensive tackle, and also a four-star in the composite rankings, which aggregates all of the different recruiting rankings, Sam Pendleton settled on Notre Dame on April 25th. From the tradition, to the academics, to going to mass, and living amongst the general student population, Oh, of course, there's football and the history ND has of churning out NFL-quality linemen. Notre Dame, for Sam, felt the most like home. I'm Kyle Schasperger, and this is the story in his words of how Reagan's Sam Pendleton became Notre Dame's future next menace on the offensive line and highly driven student-athlete in the classroom on Triad Sports one-on-one. The question you've gotten probably 100 times, Sam, but why Notre Dame? Yeah, Notre Dame uh, was the place for me because of a lot of things, but mainly because of what I believe that that coaching staff can do, the high-tier academics and rigor that they offer, and the fact that they have such rich tradition. You fit the Notre Dame mold pretty well, too. I saw you had said this is O-line you. You know, not just the tradition, not just the academics, but you can go there and the most can be made out of you in your frame as an offensive lineman. So how much has that position group and what Notre Dame has been known for over the years, especially being able to churn out talent uh, for the NFL, how much did that impact your decision? Uh, I would say it, would, it was a factor. Um, you know, definitely coming coming from the history, what they've done with offensive linemen, and especially coming from Coach Heastand, that definitely played a role in my decision. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where there was an emphasis on offensive line and you know, developing those guys to be the best that they can do. I, I didn't want to be one of those guys who just was part of the team. I want to be a, an important part, you know, because I believe that it starts up front, ends up front. So um, it was definitely a big, a big part in my decision. Six five, three spins, two ninety five, three oh five, give or take. What's the question you most get tired of about your size? Anything to do with your measurables, or maybe what do you lift in the weight room, your diet? Because you're a big dude, so I'm sure when you're walking around in public. Maybe not so much at school anymore. Everyone knows who you are. But what's the most aggravating question maybe that people come up to you with? Mm, that's a good question. I would say one of the most aggravating questions I get is, you know, what's your bench? Yeah. Because that's that's important to everybody. Yeah, I get it all the time too, man. But I'm not I'm not 6'5", so it's a little different for, <laughs> a, little different for a 5'11", dude. Um, engineering. I know that's something you want to major in. You've indicated that. That's a tall order uh, for somebody going – into college, who's also going to be a student athlete playing college football, such a demanding sport at such a demanding academic institution. Uh, why are the academics so important? Why engineering? And how do you think you're going to be able to balance all of that as a football player? Right. Um, academics is so important to, to me and my family because I know football doesn't last forever. 
um, I'm realistic. I know if I if I do play well in college and I get that privilege to do to go on and play farther into the NFL, um, realistically speaking, uh, I may not get extended past my first contract, which could, which could be a year or which could be five years, you know. And even at that, that's a that's a pretty good career. And at that point, I'd be 30, maybe maybe like maybe younger than that. So what are you going to do with your life after that? So that's really what I'm I'm going to lead on my degree. I'm going to lean on what I've learned at my institution and I'm going to lean on, you know, my real life experiences that I'm hoping to get in college with regards to, you know, getting some, some so into the business world and in the industry and just getting a glimpse of what that's going to be like after football is over. So that's why it's so important to me. Um, yeah, you know, and, you know, with answer your question about that load that you're going to do there as, as an athlete and as an engineering student, it definitely will be a high task. Um, it definitely, and I'm not dis- disregarding that, but you know, I'm not going to go to college to make it easy on myself. I'm not going to make it easy on myself in the weight room. I'm not going to make, make it easy on myself in the meeting room, on the practice field or in the engineering labs. Um, because you know, if you do hard things, you get rewarded. Um, no one ever did anything easy and got great things handed to them. I wanted to, if you want to be great, you have to do hard things and that's what I live by. So I'm going to go do hard things and make the best out of my situation and hopefully have a great career. Such polish, man. That's one of the things that struck me when I was watching uh, the post-decision videos that were posted from various news media outlets from that April 25th decision at the Reagan gym was just the way you spoke with such confidence as if, you know, you, a junior, about to be a senior, one year left to play in your prep high school career. You've got it as figured out as you can. I know a lot of that comes back uh, to your family and those influences as well. We'll come back to that. But you had better than 25 scholarship offers, Sam. Those present inside the gym, uh, watching live among a nationally televised production as well from CBS Sports HQ, could notice the other hats on the table that made the final cut. NC State, who you were a fan of for most of your life growing up, Michigan, Florida, uh, and then Notre Dame. But when you grabbed that Irish hat and communicated your selection through the microphone, what was that feeling like? It was really like a burden lifted off my shoulders because, you know, I knew I wanted to go to Notre Dame before I made that decision. It wasn't like a, I made it right then, obviously. But, you know, I just wanted everybody to know. It really took the stress off of me having to keep it from everybody. And uh, it's just, it was an exciting moment, and I will never forget that. So help me understand this part. I know the story, but tell it for our audience. When you announced your top five on February 1st, Notre Dame wasn't on your list. Michigan, NC State, Clemson, Penn State, Virginia Tech were all there. What happened at that point that enabled Notre Dame to come into the fold so late in the game? Yeah, um, those schools, obviously, I had a lot of, I had a lot of respect. I still have a lot of respect for those schools. Um, I like, I, I really respect their coaches and all. Just wanted to start by that. Um, you know, it's, it was nothing to do with those schools being bad or recruiting me wrong or doing something differently that I didn't like. It was really just the power of Notre Dame and what they, uh, what they have to offer. And it's just exactly what I'm looking for. And um, honestly, they were one of those schools I wanted to hear from early in my recruiting, and that never really happened. So when I did get that call from Coach Easton and we did build that relationship, then he, he, then he offered me, I said the visit that day. So – it was really just um, what Notre Dame has to offer, what their culture is like, and uh, just seeing how well I would fit into that. It was the prominent recruiting analyst, too, as as I read it, Tom Lemming, who 
asked you during a photo shoot if there were any schools that you'd like to hear from. You said Notre Dame, and it wasn't too long before Harry Heastand, who has been a part of the Notre Dame program in some form or fashion for so long, currently the offensive line coach, uh, who reached out to you and recruited you. There was a video that went viral even during your unofficial visit, which was April 8th of y'all outside in South Bend. And he seems to be like a guy with all of his all of his knowledge about the game of football and kind of his old soul type of ways, very simple, that really has connected you uh, as well. A very strong uh, mentorship influence that he's had throughout this recruiting process. What can you say about the guy, Harry Heastand, and your recruiting through him? Yeah, Coach Heastand is such a spectacular human being. You know, just outside of coaching, outside of being a legend in, in, in the world of offensive line, I think that he's one of the best humans I've ever met. Um, I feel like he's genuine, and you don't really see that anymore. You know, you don't really meet a lot of genuine people that truly want the best for you and what you and, and help you reach your goals. And um, I have a lot of faith that he wants that for me. And you know, the conversations that we've had outside of football, you know, he's just been such a great figure for me to to um, like you said, be mentored by. Even this early in my recruitment, early in our relationship, he's just been a great guy to um, ask questions because he's been through it time and time again with some of the biggest names in football. So um, I would say, you know, it's I'm just super excited to be able to learn from him and hopefully be developed into the best version of myself. And your parents, the support they've shown you during this process. Uh, I can't imagine mom or dad boxing you into a corner and saying you're going to this school or that school. Again, Notre Dame was late to the party here, but somebody you had already thought of uh, for very uh, for much of your life. But how would you describe your parents' involvement in allowing you to make such a big decision for yourself? A 14-day rule was something you had in-house, but you even slightly broke that a little bit in informing Notre Dame of your pledge. Yeah, um, my parents have been the best have been the best influence for me throughout this, pro- throughout this process, you know. My dad played college football at William & Mary. Um, my mom, she didn't get the opportunity to do that, but she, you know, she's coached forever. She's been heavily involved in sports throughout throughout her life. And, you know, they've been, you know, we're, I don't know about, about you, but, you know, my parents and I, we're, we're really faith-filled. And, you know, we're, we always convene and talk about our days. And especially being recruited, it was a huge part of my life to share that with them and, you know, as a family make decisions because it's not just going to affect me. You know, they're going to want to come and travel to see me play games. They're going to want to be able to um, make sure that they don't miss things. They're going to make sure that they have availability to talk to me, um, you know, because eight, nine hours is a long way from home. So it was it was a huge deal that they allowed me to do that because um, they could have easily said no. But, you know, my parents have a lot of faith in God and what he's going to do in my life and what I'm going to do with that. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, they just trusted me. They've trusted what they've done in my life and what they've taught me growing up enough to let me make that decision. And um, I just can't thank them enough for what they've done. You know, um, they I wouldn't be here without them. It just, you know, going to all the camps, traveling around on the visits. You know, I went over almost 30 visits, all unofficial. So that's time and money and sacrifice that they, they did to let me chase my dreams. So they're, they're huge in my life. All the more reason, too, for it to be the relief uh, that it is to make this decision public. Uh, Beautiful words about your parents as well in the investment. And trust me, that drive, uh, nine hours, I've done it at ten and a half, being a Southside Chicago guy who, uh, yeah, grew up a Notre Dame fan, still am a Notre Dame fan today, a Golden Domer, Irish Catholic. Uh, Certainly our conversation has special importance to be here today. But that drive, man, it, it, it will never get old. It'll be just as peaceful. Your parents will enjoy it. They'll come out as much as they can. And the other great part is, 
you know, Notre Dame's going to play five ACC games a year. So there's going to be opportunities in, in North Carolina, which is certainly uh, pretty cool also. Tell me about, though, when you were in the car with your mother and you let Notre Dame know that that's where you wanted to go. You wanted to go to South Bend. It didn't take the full two weeks, right? You were able to kind of, uh, you know, stretch the limitations of what y'all wanted as a family to wait two weeks before making a decision. Right. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we had the two acre rule. Um, you know, two weeks after your visit, that's when you can make some decisions. You know, that's when you can make, you know, they're in my top schools. That's where I want to go. That's where I don't want to go. Give them two weeks. And, um, you know, it had really been on my heart heavy. Uh, I had never had that much of a connection to a school, I think, before Notre Dame. And, you know, I, I sat down with her one day. Uh, we were actually on the way back from Walmart. Um, and I was like, Mom, I, I want to play for Notre Dame. You know, and I don't. I'm, I haven't been this sure about anything else in my life. I have this. Haven't had this much peace about anything. I have no anxiety about it. You know, um, I really. I, I see myself there. I enjoyed my visit there. I, I love Coach Eastan and what Coach Freeman stand for. Um, I want to be a Fighting Irish. And right then and there, she was like, "That's what you want to do. That's what we're gonna do." And that's when I called Coach Bowden and let him know. So cool. You're on Twitter at Sam Pendleton seven. What's the reaction been like on social media now that your decision is public and you've been introduced uh, to the massive national, even worldwide fan base of Notre Dame? It's uh, it's been great. You know, the Irish fans have been amazing. They've all they've been welcoming um, along with, you know, some alumni, previous players, um, the, the even the commits now, you know, once I committed those guys, everyone, every one of the commits reached out to me and congratulated me, introduced me to themselves and, um, gave me their number and said, we're excited to meet you. So, um, you know, social media is such a big place, such a big role in recruiting now that I think that that kind of support, you know, really just makes you feel good. How about that avatar picture though, too? Did you, did you do that shoot when you went down to South Bend where you got into full uniform, you got a Notre Dame boombox on your shoulder. How did that come into place? Because that is one of the coolest pictures and I'm sure you're proud of it as well, uh, that I've seen among recruits. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, so that was actually the Saturday I was there. Uh, I was taking pictures, and they were playing the music for that boombox. And I was like, can I can I hold that? So I started – I was holding it down by my legs, and he's like, put it up on your shoulder. It looks so cool. So, yeah, that was uh, all thanks to the the, um, the photographer and the coaches to let me do that. So, yeah, that, that, was, definitely, that was definitely a soft-in moment. You project as a guy who could play anywhere along the line. You'll have your senior season still at Reagan as a tackle, but because of what scouts say about you, uh, your your strength, your fast hands, quick feet, that you're so sound technically you can be plugged in at guard or even center, what do you feel like are your biggest strengths at your current position, and how do you think you'll fit inside that old line room at Notre Dame once you get to South Bend? Yeah, um, currently I think some of my strengths are I, I finish well. You know, I, I'm a physical guy. I, I don't like – being soft on the field, I think football is an aggressive, passion-filled sport. You know, if you're not playing with passion, you're not playing right. Um, if I'm going to play football, I'm going to let you know that you played me um, respectfully. I'm not going to scream and yell. I'm not going to cuss you out. I'm not that guy. Um, I'm just going to sh- let my actions show what kind of ball player I am and what kind of ball ball team at Reagan Raiders are. You know, um, we uh, we had we had a couple big big rush games there and. I can't be alone. Give take credit for that. You know, our offensive line unit was amazing last year, and they're going to be even better this year. So, uh, I take a lot of pride in my finishing, my my blocking, my my run blocking, and I also think I, I take a lot of pride in my mobility. You know, I like to get out in space and run, um, especially you know uh, on some screen plays, a little bit outside zone, a little jet sweep action, and I also like my pass pro. You know, I, I take a lot of pride in. My hand punch, you know, I, 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 do, I do a lot of practice with that, getting good strike on the guys, 
off rip and keep keeping with my feet. So I feel like that's some of my strengths. And uh, with regards to the, to the to that O line room at Notre Dame, you think I think I fit in there great as a guard, even as a center, um, just with the, my ability to move my and bend. You know, just that's just what coaches voice to me, and I'm just excited to get up there and work. Other ways you've been described, uh, and these are awesome words, awesome superlatives, technician, a mauler, someone with tremendous lower body strength, powerful hands, the good punch at the point of attack, a punishing blocker. Uh, how many pancake blocks did you rack up last season? I'm sure this is something you're keeping track of, right? Honestly, I don't keep track. Um, I, 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 think it's, I think it's one of those stats that's overglorified. Um, as offensive line, you obviously want those knockdown blocks, but I think it's more important to block more than one person than just knock down that one guy and fall on him. So, I mean, I could probably go back and count them, but it's not that important to me. No, it's a good point. I mean, for those that don't know, pancake block when it, during a running play, an offensive lineman who is run blocking puts the defender that he's blocking flat on his back. But for you to be able to demand multiple players and to be able to seal off a portion of the line, both in pass blocking and run blocking, yeah, that, I mean, that's the number one priority. What kind of guy are you in the locker room? Yeah, um, I see myself as a leader with the guys in the locker room. You know, we cut up, we joke around, and obviously we're gonna have we're gonna have our jokes, and you know, we're gonna have a good time. But at the end of the day, um, I take a lot of pride in what I do with with especially the offensive line, especially with the guys on offense, um, and what I do in the locker room. Kind of you know, just keep in order, you know, because I'm not a coach. I don't I don't try to be like a coach. You know, I'm just a player, but I try to do my best to be. Um, an example for the guys to follow after. I try to be, I try my best to be that guy that you can come talk to if you have any issues, if you have questions about your position, if coach is busy, you know, but I'm not a coach. So, you know, I always point them towards Coach Vogel or our head coach, Coach McGee. So I just try to be the best leader and example I can be. Well, we know your position coach at Notre Dame. Of course, your current coaches absolutely love it. And they they can speak for that, but Harry Heastan sees that in you as well. How about the head coach of the Fighting Irish, Marcus Freeman? How much communication have you had with him throughout this process? A very short recruiting period for you. He's the guy who will be settling in for his first season as the head coach of the Fighting Irish this upcoming year after being promoted from the D.C. spot after Brian Kelly left for LSU. What have you learned about Marcus Freeman as a person, and how much communication have you had with him? Yeah, Coach Freeman, I would um, I would describe as he's just, he's just – a really down to earth coach. He's not, he's, he doesn't sit on a high horse. He's not a guy that looks down on people. He really is a coach who wants to get in the trenches as you and fight, you know, and get, get you to where you want to be as, as a man, as an athlete, as a, as a guy with a career, you know, anything, any kind of goals you want to chase, he's going to help you do that. Um, and just knowing for this, for this short amount of time and just keep, keep, keep continuing to get, build this relationship. I think that, um, He's just a fantastic guy with lots of integrity, which is exactly what I was looking for as in a head coach. And I know there's been a lot of you know speculations about him being a first-year kind of head coach guy, but um, from what coach he stand, obviously from what he knows and what he talk, what he talks about, and the potential that he sees in Coach Freeman and the potential that I see even from a, from a recruit standpoint, I'm just so excited to have him as my head coach. Have you been able to visualize what the experience will be like walking out of that locker room, pounding the play like a champion sign? I don't know if you were able to do that. You're on a visual visit. I hope you were. But 77,000 people at Notre Dame Stadium, the golden helmets, touchdown Jesus in the backdrop, the shadows of the Golden Dome lurking not too far behind. I mean, come on. I hate that you haven't been able to experience it firsthand, but that very first time you do, you'll be in uniform for the Fighting Irish. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got a little bit of a glimpse of no fans. Got to walk down the tunnel. Um, 
got to see the sign, got to see touchdown Jesus. But uh, I can't wait to do that as a, as, as a player. You know, I didn't touch the sign. I tell people all the time, I don't, I don't do the traditions at people's schools because um, I haven't earned that. So I'm just, I'm just excited to get on campus and earn my right to touch that play like a champion sign. Are you going to try to get to a game next year uh, as long as it doesn't Absolutely. interfere? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. When did you start playing football, Sam? Uh, I was five. I played uh, flag football because in our small little county, we didn't have tackle until third grade. And then I played from I played since then. So I've always been a guy with hand in the dirt. Never really got to touch the ball or any. Kind of a little upset about that still, but trying to talk <laughs> my coach into talk my coach a little some tackle eligible stuff. But yeah, I, I played since I was five. Yeah, maybe you could tote the rock uh, at least once or twice for your senior season for Josh McGee. Absolutely, I, uh, you need to talk to him about it. <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to push that. Uh, you you growing up in Pofftown, two thousand people. How might that translate, and how will that help you uh, going from where you are now uh, to South Bend, a hundred thousand people? Yeah, um, I, I I view I view big towns as is this. You know, I, I'm from a small area. Um, I grew up in a small area. I'm used to small areas, but you know, going up on campus and seeing just the, the people there and the, the students, I view it as you can make it as small or big as you want it to be. Um, I feel like South Bend is one of those 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 areas that if you need a big town, a big city deal, you can you can make it that. But if you want a small town vibe, you can make it that as well. Um, I just feel like it's just whatever you make your your consequence your um you know surroundings out to be. So what do you want to most develop or continue to strengthen when toe meets leather for your senior season in the fall? Yeah, I would really like to um, work on, you know, just continuing to get better mobily, getting a little faster, um, you know, just accelerating to get those faster guys on pulls. Um, and I would also love to work on, um, you know, moving around the line a little bit and getting an opportunity to play different positions throughout the season. Have you thought much or put into perspective like this whole entire high school experience in, in regards to how COVID impacted it and now where you are today, just a couple of weeks uh, having passed since you've committed to Notre Dame? I mean, think of this. So at the height of COVID, let's say two years ago, you were finishing your freshman year uh, remotely. You played spring football as a sophomore, then a more conventional junior season. How would you describe this experience and, and how everything has kind of taken shape? Yeah, I would describe my high school career as is very peculiar, but it's exciting at the same time. You know, it's one of those things that I don't regret doing. Like I said before, hard things always wield good results. I don't think that um, that it definitely that it would. You know, I think it would. I think I would still be in the situation with if I didn't have COVID. But I think it was a good obstacle to really make us. You know step outside our comfort zone a little bit because, you know, we couldn't do the stuff we're used to, you know, go to, go to spring football camp or come in and lift in the weight room. It really made you really showed you who, who are the individuals that wanted it the most, because those are the guys that really were outside of the classroom, outside of the football field. Cause we couldn't be there. We're grinding and getting better. So I feel like it was an opportunity for me to be um, a little bit independent and really show what I'm capable of doing and what I want to do. Yeah, in a way, I think it might have forced you and, and many others to just work harder because you were unable to ever get comfortable. So we That's started right. We started here, Sam. I'm going to finish with this. Uh, one of those annoying questions to your diet. Uh, to, to be as large and effective as you are, and, and believe it or not, folks, too, this dude is still growing. Notre Dame, once you go there, man, I know you're excited uh, to see what they can do to you and, and further transform your body uh, in ways you can never believe when it comes to weight training. How strict or regimented, though, is your diet? Is it at all in... in uh, everything on the training table, fair game, or are you moderately disciplined when it comes to the food you put in your body? You know, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's pretty fair game, you know, cause I'm, I'm 
I'm running. I'm I'm working so much every day. You know, I work out every day. I'm burning so many calories. I, and I honestly, I have a fast metabolism as it is. So eat, gaining weight, keeping it on is hard for me. But um, one, some things I do kind of veer away from is, you know, on like super unhealthy stuff. You know, like the the uh, the snack cakes and the candy and the sweets and stuff like that. I, I really I really try to stay off of that stuff as much as possible. You know, I do I do partake a little bit every once in a while. You know, get a little candy bar. But uh, most of the time, I'm a really you know just whatever whatever is you know healthy options sandwiches and bread and vegetables and you know i'll have i'll have granola bars throughout the day but you know i try to consume about six thousand calories every day to keep my current weight awesome that that's amazing man yeah go for it uh and i'm with you on all that all that junk food i mean if it's a chocolate chip cookie different different story man especially if it's absolutely homemade. like I'll, I'll eat a dozen of those in one sitting no questions asked but uh, just be cognizant you know that uh, that's that's kind of my motto in life so do you have a favorite meal or or snack or guilty pleasure <laughs> Yes, yes. Everyone asks you this, and I love answering this question. My mom makes the best thing in this entire world, and I'll put it up against anything. My mom makes this casserole called hamburger pie, and it's not a pie. I don't know why it's called pie. We always just called it that. And you can ask any of my coaches. It's the best thing in this whole wide world. It's like hamburger helper on steroids. It's not the best thing for you, but it is my favorite meal. That sounds spectacular. It's making me really hungry. I, I think the only thing I'm going to be able to settle for, though, is is a protein shake at this point, unless I come by the Pendleton uh, household. So, uh, gotcha. Good deal, good deal, my man. Sam, it's been awesome getting to know you better. I hope you enjoyed yourself today. I'm sure uh, things will be a little less stressful, right? More, more sleep, uh, more homework for you from now until you graduate a year from now. No doubt. All right, man. Go kill it between now and forever. Uh, we'll catch up. I'll come catch a game in the fall. All right, I appreciate you. All right, looking forward to it. An impressive young man. Even more impressive might be that we went uninterrupted by the PA system at Reagan after a tornado warning expired for the area at the time of this recording. Be sure to give Sam a follow at Sam Pendleton 7 on Twitter. As he indicated during our interview, social media is a critical element of the recruiting process. And now in the world of name, image, and likeness, it could even be more instrumental in the markability of Sam moving forward. For now, though, he's not worried about that. The relief of making his commitment to Notre Dame and putting this process behind him has been enormous, and I'm sure overwhelming, too, as it relates to media requests. I can't thank he and his coach, Chat Reagan, Josh McGee, enough for facilitating the visit. McGee characterized Sam to me as, quote, He is a coach's dream. He does everything with class and integrity and has a strong desire to see others succeed. Before we know it, it'll be time for Friday Night Lights again in the triad. Try to make Sam Pendleton a part of the plans one Friday night. It'll be appointment-worthy viewing, I'm sure. That is before he journeys to South Bend to strap on the golden helmet. And as he put it, earn his way towards being able to pound that fame to play like a champion sign, exiting the Notre Dame locker room. I'm Kyle Schasberger on Twitter at Kyle Schass. This has been the story of Sam Pendleton, at least the first two chapters on Triad Sports One-on-One. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.